it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Another Sunday, another disappointing loss for Washington. But was there something they can at least feel better about? Well, I talked to the voice of the Washington football team, Graham Weinstein, about the good, the bad, and the disappointing after Washington lost to the Packers 24-10. We also spent a few minutes talking about Lambeau Field, kind of the magic of the place, and what Washington once had, and what they need to do when they look for and finalize the new place for their stadium. Don't forget you can follow Bram on Twitter at RealBramW, and you can read my work on ESPN.com. It's been a long season so far. We know that. So we appreciate everybody sticking with us as we try to bring you insight into the team that you still want to see win. I also want you to be on the lookout for something I want to do during the bye week, podcast with a handful of fans, kind of a fan summit. I want to hear from you. This will be a real therapy session. That said, here's my conversation with the voice of the Washington football team, Bram Weinstein. All right, you know, Bram, it was kind of funny because in the post-game press conference, the questions were not as harsh because it felt like for a change, there were things to build on, but it's still a two-touchdown loss. Yep. So how do you how do you view this game? Uh, missed opportunities. Yeah. Clearly, um, this is a team that was, <laughs> you knew it was jinxed the second Rob Domofsky went on your show and my show and said, the Green Bay Packers are 15 for 15 and letting people score touchdowns in the red zone. Yes. And sure enough, when Washington got to the red zone, they didn't score four times, twice at the three. Um, they have no one to blame but themselves. And you know, one of the things that concerned me coming into this game, and, and this is, you know, why Green Bay's really good, is even missing all the people that they're missing and all the issues that they have. And there's a lot of them, actually. Um, they don't beat themselves, typically. They don't get penalized very much. They don't turn the ball over very much. They win the turnover battle every single week. They're 6-0 and this year at the turnover battle. Um, and when they do, Matt LaFleur is actually 25-0 and 0 in a situation like that. So this is a very well put together team. They're missing a lot of their best players, tough plays to play. And yet Washington had chances, and, they, and in my opinion, they blew it. Um, Terry McLaurin dropped a touchdown. Taylor Heineke takes a bad step or whatever happened when he died for the end zone. They run a play at the half-yard line that doesn't work. They run a play at the three-yard line that doesn't work. They throw a bad interception in the red zone. I mean, this is on them again. I mean, frankly, they had every chance to be in it or win it, and it, it's on them that they lost. So do you see – God, I, I don't want – I for people – nobody wants moral victories. And I know that people listening don't want moral victories, but the first thing before they can get going is they have to play better. Did yeah. you see better out of this team as far as something they could build upon? For the first half, no doubt. 
Yes. And in fact, I felt like the scoreboard was not reflective of how much better they had played, but maybe that bar is a little low because they are losing 14 to seven. And yet I saw a team that was tendency breaking from themselves. So they were self scouting. They had formations I hadn't seen before. They were running what I thought were some pretty creative plays defensively. I thought the defensive line played really, really well. They were getting to Aaron Rodgers. They had some all out blitzes. We didn't see any of that. And they got to Rodgers and, listen, they played a Hall of Fame quarterback again today and he made some really nice plays and really nice throws. But no, at halftime, I really for sure thought that they were playing better and then it unraveled on that fumble and quick touchdown. And all of a sudden you're down 14 to a team that doesn't lose at home and is a Super Bowl caliber team and has a Hall of Fame quarterback. And it was all uphill from there. And yet that said, they had every opportunity to get back into the game. It's on them that they didn't convert. Right. Well, you know, it's funny, too, because one of the things John Allen said after the game was, and summing it up, but basically what he said is losing teams find ways to lose games, and right now we're losing. And that's right, yeah. and I do think that. I agree. But, so I think there were there was, I think, especially defensively, there were a lot of things you could say, okay, they were better here. I felt like the defensive line has, has continued to play the way people had hoped, and I felt like there was some coverage um, success successes that helped the pass rush. But then you look at the first touchdown that he threw to Devontae Adams. It's a fourth and three. And as Rivera said, they didn't, whoever was supposed to have contain does not have contain. And then nobody plasters on Devontae Adams, you know, arguably the best receiver in the league. That stuff leads to losses for teams like Washington. Yeah. I mean, I I would say this about like Green Bay executing, not unlike how Kansas City executing or Buffalo executing or the Chargers executing these teams that they've played this year, I can live with that they're really good teams and they're going to make plays, and that's Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball to Devontae Adams. It might be the best connection in the NFL. Like, I don't I don't have an issue. Like, if you're going to get mad about every play or everything that went wrong, like, I don't think you're giving, you know, credit where it's due, and that's why those guys who are who they are. Um, but where I think this team falls short it did last week against Kansas city getting penalties at terrible times. Right. Um, and I think it was their own execution at the half yard line or the three yard line or the inability to, I don't know what happened with Heineke on that play. He should have scored. I don't, I don't know what happened. And it's the inability to execute at critical moments. That's kind of getting in their way. So I'll never get like overly upset that Aaron Rodgers threw a really great touchdown pass to somebody. I don't know how you can, if they execute, they execute. Where I'm more concerned, and I would think Rivera would be more concerned, is we're not doing those things. And secondarily, it's repetitively happening. So I agree with John Allen. Like, this team's losing because of what they're doing. You know, like, it, it really has, I think, they've played a tough schedule. They've played tough teams. And therefore, I don't think their record would be much better than what it is right now. But certainly, they gave the New Orleans game away. And today... I think the score would have been closer if they just executed in a couple of key moments and would they have won? I don't know, but they had every chance to, they killed themselves. And I mean, that's, what's really hard to take. And that's what ultimately when we talk culture change and all this stuff, that's what needs to change. There needs to be like a, a standard of what we do here. And it's, it's not being upheld every single week. No. And I think I bring up that one play as much as a, He's, they still might make that play because you're talking about a Hall of Fame quarterback to a Hall of Fame receiver. But 
they made it easier on them to make the play because they failed in their discipline. And that was one of the things Rivera brought up. And even the other touchdown before the half, it's a back shoulder throw in the seam, which you don't see very often. <laughs> I, know. I mean, that's even just, D'Angelo said that D'Angelo said yeah, that. You're he's ridiculous. Like, he's like, he's like, there's, he goes, most quarterbacks wouldn't even dare throw a pass like that. And he no. goes, and that's, and that's Aaron Rodgers. you know, not only just throw it, but no, it's going to be executed. And he does it. And again, like, I'm not upset about that. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, that's, that's who that is. He, he is who he is because he does things like that. I'm okay with that. You can, you have to live with those things. Just like last week when Mahomes is spinning away from Tim settle and running full speed to his right, throws all the way back to the left and catches Tyreek Hill in stride. Well, he does things like that and you have to live with it. You know, like that's, that's okay. I'm more concerned about the stuff on Washington's end, not being able to execute in the red zone. Right. And, and that's really where I'm concerned. Well, your concerns also sounds more like on the offense. And when I, that's yes. why I'm wondering, I'm wondering, and here's, let me last thing on the defense. And when I, when you look at the defense, do you say, cause part of me says, this is almost what people expected in a game like this, where the defense plays a certain way and keeps you in the game and the offense just doesn't have enough, you know, you know, that, but do you agree with that? Like, do you at least come yes. away thinking that the defense is starting to well, show maybe more of what they need to be? I think we're back where we thought we'd be, which is we are who we thought they were, which is their defense is going to keep them in games, even against really good teams and really, you know, and I'm sure Aaron Rodgers numbers, I haven't seen them, but they must be prolific looking today because his, his completion percentage at halftime was like 80 something percent. So like he clearly had a great game. Um, but they kept them in the game, not unlike last week where they kind of kept, you know, even with the yardage totals, they kind of hung in there. It's the offense that I'm worried about. And, um, you know, like, I think we start asking questions like, when is Ryan Fitzpatrick coming back? Um, you know, what can they do for once to get a lead in a game, right. which doesn't seem to be, they're never playing not, with a lead. Don't defer. They're never, or, well, you know, and, and listen, I don't know. I'm like, huh. I'm actually on Rivera's side on this one too. Don't defer, except that it just doesn't work for them. It never works for them. But I'm not of the works. mindset. I want the ball in the second half. I'm I'm with him on that. It's just they're down in every single game they play, which is on them in terms of the start of games. They don't execute well at the start of games. So there's no right answer here, you know, and there's no quick answer here. And it, it's unfortunate because I think they're better than their record, but they're not executing in a way like they're not unlucky or anything like that. It's they're not executing in a way that their record should be better. And that's, I think, what's disappointing about, you know, this year, let alone right. today. Well, I also think, you know, on the Heineke dive play, for example, I mean, when I was watching it live and he started diving, like, what are you doing? Because now I can say that sitting from way up here because you could see the angle and I didn't think they were going to get him. Um, and so that that was. I, I'm not a big fan of that rule because clearly he's not giving himself up, but the rule is the rule. So I didn't think he needed yes. to dive. And, you know, so I, that, that clearly is. Well, I'm confused. Up. I'm confused by that. I mean, well, listen, I don't like the rule. It doesn't matter because his knee was down anyway. Like the right. right call ended up being made either way, but like, well, well, when he dove for the pylon against Tampa Bay, didn't he do the same thing? Like, I don't really. Maybe I'm not sure I understand the rule. Well, like, think, he didn't think, give himself up then when that happened. So I don't know. I'm yeah. confused. And and yeah, and that's a good point. But I think because the knee was down, that's where the ball was at. So once yeah. the knee hits, then that's that's an issue. The other thing that I thought hurt him in the red zone 
and I think Ricky Seals Jones has done a nice job. But the one thing you miss with Logan Thomas is a big body. And yep. I'm at pass to on the pass to Seals Jones because there's sometimes with like, for example, I think there was, I think it was a fourth and three where they threw out. To, yeah, it was a fourth and three, the first one to Terry McLaurin. Well, on that one, he takes two hitches to get rid of the ball. He can't yes. do that. He doesn't have the arm to do that. He's got to go. But on the, one to, on the one to Seals Jones, it's out. And it's just the guy makes a play, but that's one that's the play. That's a play. And you know, it's funny because I don't know if we're talking to you or but in this offense, they run plays for big body targets a lot. That's a big body target play. That's a Logan Thomas play. And I think that's where he really hurt them. I'm not blaming Seals Jones. It's just that's where Thomas would have helped big time. Yeah. I, I like Seals Jones. I think he's been good for them. Um, I agree with you though that they miss Logan Thomas for sure. Um, this is also their backup quarterback has been playing against, you know, very quality opponents in the last few weeks and it's being exposed. I mean, it is like whether it's, he's playing against a weakish defense that does enough to kind of control him and they're just not going to outscore him like last week or this week where they play a beat up, but okay. Don't actually give up a lot of points defense. Um, you know, they're getting exposed here that they, it, it, I don't know. Listen, I don't know if it's it just experience level or if it's something else, because I will buy into he hasn't played very much in the NFL and he's being thrust in here and then he's being brought up to Lambeau Field and you're asking him to do kind of heroic things to win. Because if you just think about it on paper, just take put your just like take a step back and go Taylor Heineke versus Aaron Rodgers Lambeau Field like, you know, you're selling yourself on something here. You think that it's just going to automatically work. Um, but to your point about all these other things, the mixed and matched parts throughout the, these few weeks, too, I don't think it's helping him. And I do think realistically, and I think that this kind of came out this week, is they're in his head. They're asking him to do a lot of things really fast, like stay in the pocket, no be yourself, you know, get this out here, get this out there. And the last few weeks we've seen. He was kind of himself, and then New Orleans took advantage of him, and he realized he made a bunch of mistakes, and then so he tried to be perfect against Kansas City, and that didn't work, and then he tried to be himself again, and, you know, I, I just, like, the the lack of experience is, is pretty prevalent right now. Like, I think that's what's yeah. happening, you know. Definitely, and then the problem is, you uh, you know, adding to that, not having Thomas, not having Curtis Samuel. Now it's hard to say what they've missed with Curtis Samuel because we've only seen him for a few plays, but, yeah. but that's the kind of guy you need to help a guy like Heineke. And, you know, I like that he created an extended with his legs. That's what he has to do. And it's what he has to be, but you see the limitations and he's just not going to be somebody who can ever carry this offense. Um, and, and we saw that. So, but they need Thomas back and they need a healthy Curtis Samuel because if not, you just don't have enough. And Terry McLaurin is not enough. And Antonio Gibson playing with a bad shin. So, and the problem is with Fitzpatrick, we don't know when he's coming back. He was supposed to get an MRI last week, didn't get it. Has an MRI, I think, I think that will happen this week. My read on that is if he didn't get the MRI, it might be because they know that he's not ready for that because the MRI yeah. will tell them if it's healing or not. And if it's not until it heals, they can't even start the rehab in, 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 in earnest. So, you know, I think at this point you have to just say it's going to be, you know, who knows how long. You don't know when he's yeah. coming back. I think it's just two – the six to eight weeks was very generic, and I think it was less firm than it is for some other injuries. So they're going to have to live with Heineke for at least a little bit, and this is, you know, so they need more around him to give him help. And, 
I agree. Um, you know, and, and so there's a lot of moving parts here too. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, it, it, it's, you know, like everybody wants everything to just work and it's not going to be that way. And then people come in and out of the lineup on him and he's got no chemistry with any of them. I mean, we're just, there's a lot here. There's a lot of moving parts and I don't want to dump on him. You know, I just, I think he's no, I don't a think young he's quarterback. I don't think so either. I think he's, I think he's, you know, I appreciate his competitiveness. I know he wants to win. I can tell how, you know, like how into it he is. I know the team likes him a lot. There's just the reality of what his capabilities are, how much experience he has, the level of competition he's playing, how much pressure's on him because of the record, and that they're not healthy. People keep going in and out of the lineups. He's got a new group of people. I will say, like, I mean, today, in the first half, I'm like, they're showing me things they haven't shown me. Like I, yeah. I really, I really thought like, I'm like, wow. Like finally, like I, I really kind of saw a change. There was a change in energy. There was a change in the way they executed. And I, I liked the game plan coming in and it just ended up not being enough. But in the end, I think it's on, on them. I mean, the scoreboard looks like they lost by two touchdowns. Well, I mean, if I told you that they turn the ball over, whether on downs or by turnover four times in the red zone, you'd have a different feeling about what actually happened today. And this also was the first time in about a month that I think that like something bad happened to them and it didn't make them crumble. Um, they had a kick blocked and they turned around and blocked a kick on the other end. It at least stopped them. Like, We've seen this cascade the wrong way where the energy just gets kind of sucked out of the building when something bad happens. That didn't happen today either. So that was a positive thing to me too. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Did you like Rivera going for it in all those fourth downs? Uh, not all of them. There was one where I, I thought a field goal would be necessary, but I but I do, I do. You know, I think you and I probably agree with this. Like, there, if you're feeling like you're going to win by kicking a bunch of field goals, you you probably don't feel like you're going to get it done. Correct. So I understand where he was coming from for going for it, and I don't. But you know, it, it's so easy in hindsight to be like, well, you should have kicked there, you should have done that. But at the time, I didn't have much of a problem with it, honestly, and definitely. I did. At the three or at the half yard line, of course not. And then it's right. at the three at the time of the game. I had no problem with them going. You had to go there. that. The first yeah, one, yeah, yeah. the first one, and it, the first one I didn't mind either, but it also came after the block. So yeah. I don't know if that was in his head because that kick looked, and I didn't see a great replay, but the kick looked low. Um, so that, you know, I'm, I don't know if there's in the head, but it, well, there's a factor. What I didn't quite like was. Um, again, that he hitched double hitched on that throw to McLaurin, and yeah, I'm not sure I quite like the play, but either. But um, I didn't mind him going for it because I, at least like last week, I kind of faulted him at times for not being aggressive enough. 
and and he was aggressive too. So, and for people listening, Bram is in the airport again. So you're hearing some of the announcements there. So we're taking you live to, are you in Green Bay Airport? Green Bay, which yeah. I'm amazed there's any announcements. There's two gates. So I don't know what they have to <laughs> announce about. I mean, you know, we're not in, we're not in O'Hare right now. So, you know. <laughs> so when you, last thing on this then, and I want to talk about, well, actually one thing I want to talk about with the defense too that I liked was there were, again, we talk about the rush needing to be helped by the coverage. And there was, I think one of the sacks came because they showed a look that they hadn't before. And that was um, Pearl and uh, Bobby McC- McCain were back. It looked like they're going to be back deep. Well, they've been rotating McCain-, McCain back to the deep middle and Pearl coming up. This time they rotated the other way and it looked like Rogers hesitated and there was pressure because of that. And another time, where he wanted to go to Adams and Kendall Fuller jams Adam off the line, hesitates, gets either sack or pressure and throws the ball away. I can't remember what's on that one, but those are things that we weren't seeing all the time earlier that was starting to happen. Something to build on. Um, what about, what about just being at Lambeau? And I, I remember actually, I don't remember if you remember this years and years and years ago, maybe one of the first or second times I was here, you and I took pictures down on the field here. This is like years yeah. ago. And it's like, yeah, I think yeah. it's one of the few places, and we took down where the, the ice ball play was. And it's one of the few places I've ever taken a picture on the field. It's just a cool place to be. I mean, it, I feel like you've taken a pilgrimage when you come here. Um, it feels very Field of Dreams. Um, it's, it's really, it's a Mecca, really. It is. And it's just a shrine to football. And plus, Fans are great here. They're really accommodating and friendly. And there's just a passion for the sport that I think is, you know, it's evident in America, but it's really evident in this town. Yeah. And I really love that, um, that this exists because in professional sports, the idea that a market this size could have this and it would still matter, like is, is a little foreign concepty. And I think it's really cool that it's here. And Lambo's an amazing place. The town's an amazing place. And it's really, it's a privilege to come here and be part of a game. It's just, it's really, it's neat and it's memorable. And I had this one circled for me as yeah, like a cool. bucket list type of thing. Like I'm going to get and call an NFL game in Lambeau field. Like that is that's cool, ridiculously amazing. And so I, I did not take that for granted. And even as we went off the air today, I mean, I just kind of blurted out, like, I just want to say thank you to the people of Green Bay because it was just, it was very special to be here. And, um, you know, I wish the outcome was different, obviously, but, um, but this place, there's something about it. And, you know, they, I think Washington plays the NFC North again next year. I think that's the division cycle. Yeah. So it's possible they'll be here again. I think and Green I told, Bay's coming to Washington next year. Oh, they are. Yeah. Well, then so. in that case, you'll miss it. But like, they've only played here six times since the late eighties. And I would just tell anybody like, you know, I know, you know, a lot of fans like to take a road trip, this is a bucket list thing to do. Yeah. You should really check it out. There's no game day experience like this. It's very collegiate like, you know, there's a lot of college atmospheres are like this. It's the only one in the NFL. It's almost this high school like. Yeah. This in Kansas city feel like the ones, if you go there, you'll feel like you're in kind of a collegiate atmosphere and it's just cool. And the fans here are great. And it was really, it was fun. to be part yeah, of it. And, and just for people who, again, if you've never been here, I, I happened to just walk around, come here. I came down here on Saturday, just walked around. I've been here a few times, but I never just kind of walked around the same, walked around the area. And they have this little title town area and there's like this pumpkin carving and kid stuff and all sorts of stuff. But every other person at least had a Green Bay Packers shirt on. 
and that you can see the tailgaters that you're, you're right in the middle of neighborhood. So you see the tailgaters getting set up. But the other cool thing, Bram, is across the street from the stadium, you see all these homes that are like right there. And it's almost for them, it almost feels like they are like Oceanside or Lakeside homes where they have these big windows so they can overlook and see the stadium at any time. And they have signs in their yard and they have like, you know, big signs like, you know, employing Aaron Jones, you know, build on your success and things like that. And it's really, really unique. And so that's why I enjoy coming here and, and always will. And the other thing, Bram, too, is, and for people listening, and I, you know, it is like, and I think you brought this up, we talked about this before the game, it's kind of like what RFK was in that area in the, in the, in the seventies and eighties, but it also makes me feel bad for the people who are listening, who haven't been able to experience anything good for such a long time. Well, it's actually, it was funny. I, I was, I rode with D'Angelo over to the stadium and we, you know, parked and we got out and he's looking around and he's like, you know, man, like this is incredible. You know, it's like, it's, it's very, it's the tailgating experience is incredible. And I said to him, I go, this is what it was like at RFK in the eighties. And I, you know, I don't think you can manufacture this. That's the hard part of like kind of building a community like that. But, you know, I really hope that whatever, wherever the next stadium is, that they put some thought into what does the surrounding area look like? Um, Is it going to be a place where people are going to want to congregate? Is it going to be Washington football land where everybody's in burgundy and gold and Sunday's become this really major, special kind of almost giant community oriented thing. And it's not that the team doesn't have that place in the community. It does. But I think we all want to have the game day experience return to yes, that level of glory as well. Agree. And they have it here and we don't have it at FedEx field. And, and I hope that that's part of, as they look at places like SoFi and Atlanta stadium and go, what's the really cool new modern sleek, you know, venue. Can we also put some time and thought into what does the area outdoor the outside the arena, what neighborhood is it in? You know, like, why would that matter? You know, how could this engender, you know, a, a, just a general feeling about the organization like Green Bay has for the Packers? I mean, I landed here and you probably landed here, too. And the flight attendant says, uh, welcome to Titletown, USA, home of the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go. I've never been on a flight that landed at Dulles that did that. So <laughs> you know, I would like to see one day where Washington's football team kind of, you know, engenders have in it it's a different place and you know a much more diverse place and a much larger place and there's other things but um there's something about coming here that kind of reminds you how great the nfl is it is and, and it but it also reminds you like what it can be and and this this place always being unique now i will say like after it went once aaron Rodgers is gone and they're in year four of jordan love and they're seven and nine every year it's going to lose some of the luster but the packer the lore will always be here and so it may be a little bit different, but what I miss for Washington fans is you bring up the airport stuff. And I remember going to the playoff game back in, I don't know how many years ago, they're playing Tampa on the road and seeing signs at the airport, wishing the Redskins luck. I'm like, yeah. that's what's cool about the NFL and how it can capture community well, and how long it's been since that's been the case here. Yeah. I mean, well, there's, a, there's some other things. Like I read a stat today. You know, Green Bay, because of length of time in the league, have the second most wins in NFL history as a franchise. Washington's five. I mean, next year is going to be their 90th anniversary. Um, You know, as they move into this modern new name and modern new venue and all that stuff, I think it is very important to not let go of the history. Like, it is important. Like, and lean on it. Like, you walk around Lambeau Field and you feel the ghosts of the past, like Curly Lambeau and, and Vince Lombardi and all the great Packers players. And they retired a number today. And you just kind of feel it. 
Washington has that, you know, they really yes. do. And they, and I would like them not to lose that even as they change the name, but to lean into that history and remind people, this is a landmark franchise. It's been around for almost a century. Like don't, don't let go of that. And I think helping lean into that, get a venue that people really want to attend a venue that, you know, is accommodating like green Bay's is in whatever community that it ends up being in. Um, I think you can have that again, and 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 then winning would help. <laughs> and you know the funny, you know the funny thing, but you know the yes, of course, that's the number one thing. But the funny thing is, the Packers in the seventies and eighties were not very good. I mean, it was a couple decades where they went without <laughs> much success at all. They and were for a period bad. of time, they would yeah, for they a period of time, they did half of their games in Milwaukee. I think because yeah. of that. Yeah, you know, was, they would play was, four of the home games took place in County Stadium down in Milwaukee, the old home of the Brewers. They played they only played four games up here for a yeah. number of years. And then obviously, like they've been blessed with this is amazing. Well, you to get say home this, far, yeah. 40 years of Hall of Fame quarterbacking straight. <laughs> 40 years of Hall of Fame quarterbacking straight. Yeah. So what's it's amazing? It's like, yeah, I think Favre got here in 92. 92 so 30 years of it so 30, 30 straight 30 years of consecutive hall of fame quarterbacking it's, it's, it's you know amazing. yeah they're blessed in in that time washington fans have seen was it 30 or 31 starting quarterbacks you tell and me none you of, story about it i thought i can't remember if it was 30 or 31 i lost track uh, but but the pro the difference is that none of them are going to the hall of fame um so right there you go at least not from what they did here but Anyway, Bram, on that note, is, is there anything last thing then? Is this something they can build on? Was there enough good signs there or is this just another disappointing day? No, I thought there were some good signs today. I, I think anybody who's realistic, um, Aaron, this needs to be pointed out. Aaron Rodgers has the best passer rating of any quarterback since 1950 in this stadium. His home record is like 78, 18 and one. No matter how well they played, it was going to be a tall task for them to win. I still walk out of this going, they had every chance to be yeah, in they it. Did. They did. They really did. And it was their own execution that was the reason why the score either wasn't closer or that they didn't steal it. And I do think that there was some momentum. And guess what? Next week, they're not playing a Hall of Fame quarterback. They're not playing a Super Bowl contender for the first time in some time now. And I'd like to see what that looks like and if they can stay confident and have a week where there's some more growth. If they can go get a win in Denver, I know it's just three and five, but like then they get a bye, they get to catch their breath. And at that point, um, I'd like to think that the second half of the season can be better because they're not playing murderers row outside of Tampa. And once they get through that game, there's going to be a lot of opportunities and hopefully they take advantage of some of them and start getting this thing arrow pointing back up again. Yeah. And, I, and I agree. And I think they just need to play well. And I think I would, I feel good about the defense coming out of this game. I wish the offense had given more sign. Like if they had lost 24-21, I think people were just saying like, hey, that was at least fun to watch. And it, what they didn't shoot themselves in the foot all day. I think that's the hard part offensively. But if the defense can play like this and build on that, then you at least have that part where you can feel better. But long ways ago, I think uh, the Denver game becomes pretty much a must win for them if they want, not even just to crawl back in it, but to start to feel good about what they're doing. They need that. I agree. Forget the playoff. I mean, I'm not even going to go there at all, but it's more about just feeling better about yourselves. They need that game. So, Bram, have, have a good flight back, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks.
Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com That's it for this episode. Thanks as always to Bram for joining me and thank you for tuning in. I'll be back with another episode either Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. I'll talk to you next time.